We've got Jesser in the studio today. We're going to be talking the in-season tournament, what it's like at Vegas, the kind of future of basketball on YouTube, and uh, let's get into foul trouble. Jesse, you are our first ever guest on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Of course, bro. It is an honor to be the first guest on And One Trouble. I'm just kidding. Foul <laughs> Trouble. I know the show. I'm a fan. I'm we've, excited we've, to be here. I've been requesting to come on. We've come a long way since our uh, Hot Tub podcast. We have. Tub Sesh. Hot Tub Podcast? <laughs> what? You didn't know about that No. I was his podcast goes before you. I was the first. I think we dropped one or two episodes. Jesse and I, like, we used to go in the hot tub every night for, like, two hours, three hours, which I know isn't recommended, but we did it anyway, like, six days a week. Just in the coming first... out as raisins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, in the first two hype house. And then we were like, dude, we should just make a podcast. All we do is sit in here and talk anyway. So we record like one episode and we're like, oh my God, the audio quality is just <laughs> awful with it's, the hot tub. It was so bad. We had to scrap it. It never got uploaded because I don't think we ever uploaded it. There's one episode oh, uploaded. Oh, you did it? Is it on yeah, your channel? It is. And the, all the comments are like, I love this. We're like, dude, you guys don't understand it. Like, it's just, it didn't feel good putting it out knowing how bad it sounded. Yeah. Well, if if we get 100,000 views on this, we'll, we'll do our next one in a hot tub. How <laughs> yes. about that? Yeah, we'll, we'll be on the front. 100K? Well, are we sure we could find an audio solution? Like, I feel like if we were wearing, like, headset mics or something, then we could have done it. Yeah. But I don't know how much electronics you want in the pool. Yeah, Probably that's not the true. the best idea. I, I've done videos where <laughs> I was, like, winning Fortnite game in my pool and had, like, the PlayStation on the raft. And, like, looking back, not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> risking it all for yeah. the video. But that's why we have you on this podcast, Jesse. We know you're you're ready to risk it all. You're ready yes. to go to any length to make some great content. And you just finished almost a week being at the in-season tournament in Las Vegas. Yes, bro. I had the best time at the in-season tournament. It was so sick. I was there pretty much a whole week, like five days. But it was really cool yeah i really liked it what was like the vibe and the atmosphere like like at the games because obviously a lot of the people going didn't even know what teams were going to be playing in like the championship game and stuff yeah so i would say it didn't feel like an all-star it didn't feel like summer league because those are definitely more like playful environments like not as serious but it was very serious like eh, the players were all like really locked in like it didn't have that like oh like we're just having fun out here. We're in Vegas, like summer league. It was very, and it was the first time anything happens. So all the NBA people were like stressing, just trying to make sure it was perfect. But I would say everyone was definitely like locked in. Like all the players were like, I'm here to win. Like, I'm taking this serious. So definitely had like a serious vibe to it, I'd say. That's what I noticed. And then uh, was it like all Laker fans? Because that's what it seemed like on TV. Yeah, pretty much <laughs> all Laker fans. Because like all the people I talked to, I was like, oh, where are you from? Like fans that came up to me and like, Pretty much everyone came from Los Angeles because what, like what, Milwaukee's far away, New Orleans is far far away, Indiana, Indiana, and then Lakers are a hour plane ride. So yeah, like even during the Lakers games, like they were chanting like defense. Like it was Lakers had home court advantage one hundred percent. And I guess if it isn't Vegas, like like it is a neutral stadium, but yeah, it's like gonna be all la fans yeah i feel like if it's on like the west coast it's gonna be all la fans and if it's on the east coast it's gonna be like all new york philly or boston fans like mm -hmm. every time 
Yeah, absolutely. That, and we've talked about it. It's like, that's kind of the rough thing, depending on where in the country you're going to do it. Either the East Coast teams are going to have a massive advantage or the West Coast teams are going to have a massive, massive advantage. How'd you feel about the the blue and red court? That was the first in-season tournament court you saw live, right? Yeah, that was the first one I saw. Me, personally, I know a lot of people hate the courts, but I absolutely love the in-season tournament courts. Like, I think they're the best. One, because, like, if you're just watching and it was, like, a regular court, you wouldn't really, like, know it's an in-season game. And then I feel like once the players see it, they're like, oh, shit, like, I got to win this game. Even if they don't all understand the rules, like, when they're playing on that court, they know it's for something. I think the red and blue was a bit aggressive yeah because uh, like basically i played in a creator cup match this is my championship trophy. you want to hold it up i brought yeah, it yeah show it to the people so along with them doing the in-season tournament their the nba was testing out doing a creator cup um this is the very first one so lebron won a ring in vegas i also won one <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> things only me and lebron know but they basically just invited all their like basketball influencers out and we had red and blue jerseys on on the red and blue court and like watching the footage back it's like it's kind of a mess to watch yeah just <laughs> like, blending in with the courts exactly yeah i feel like my big problem with the really loud courts like the miami red or the denver blue or the all or the finale like red and blue is like a lot of these teams were like black jerseys with it too mm-hmm. which just looked like really dark especially against the blue yeah, and I heard too, I was talking to the NBA guys that all NBA stadiums have a bunch of sensors that track different advanced player stats and the all of those are made for like regular wood floor, regular ball on the wood floor or whatever. And then apparently it messed up a lot of their like tracking stats and sensors. Oh. So I don't know if they'll change it next year or whatever. But I, I think, I feel like it would be dope if they did change it every year. So it's like every year looking back, like there was a different type of court. Like I hope it's not the same court this year. Absolutely. Or yeah. this next year. Yeah, and like part of the, like you said, like it'll be cool to like look at like a all-time LeBron highlights and you see like that in-season tournament court and you're like, I know exactly when he did that play. Um, but I want to get your feel on the Lakers. Like, so you watched two, you saw two Laker games live there, yes. right? And then I know you saw a Laker game like a week before as well. <laughs> I've been going to a lot of Laker games. You're a Laker fan. How are you feeling on the squad? Bro, I love this Lakers squad. I feel like when Anthony Davis is hidden, they're, unless they're playing like a, a Jokic or an Embiid, like I feel like they can pretty much beat most teams pretty much everyone of 80s hitting in like lebron james is still lebron james like he got mvp of the in-season tournament but i like them and i love austin reeves bro i feel like especially i know he had a slower start but him coming off the bench and coming in hot like he is he's a saucy white boy i like him a lot <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lebron's always got a saucy white boy he always him, bro. How, how did it feel watching ad in the finale because like 40 and 20 it was like on tv it looked like no one could like grab a rebound if he was within like 20 feet of them yeah he was definitely just dominant like i thought he was gonna get mvp but then i did they said it was for the whole tournament but he had an mvp performance that final game and like they could they literally couldn't stop him like he was dominating they uh, yeah he was just yeah he was, I was great i was getting a little scared there because as a, a the resident laker hater here <laughs> i was like the only way i can cope with the Lakers winning this championship <laughs> is if LeBron wins MVP and then AD just like completely went like Monstar <laughs> mode in that entire last game. 
Wait, I have to ask though, because this was like the whole discourse during the Pelicans Lakers games. What did Zion look like in person to you? Because like on Twitter, bro, everyone was calling him <laughs> fat. Chuck had the like, Hay yeah, out of his pocket. Belly was hanging out of his jersey. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> he definitely like I, I <laughs> like I saw him. Like I was a couple of feet away from him pregame, but. I mean, I first of all I love Zion, but he definitely looked like he was, he was full. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he definitely has been eating a lot of New Orleans food. He had some gumbo. Like, yeah, I wish he didn't get drafted to New Orleans, bro. Everything there is fried. Like their food is so good, but it's so unhealthy. Like every time I've been there, I just eat so much food. Had you ever seen um, Zion in the flesh before? Yes, I, I oh, saw okay. him in high school, bro. He was a beast, and then. I, I saw him at All-Star Weekend, and shout out to Zion, bro. I got him on vlog. He said he's seen the video, so I was hyped. There we go. Yeah, Zion. He definitely was probably the biggest I've seen at um, at the in-season tournament. And I feel like it definitely, like, once – because when I saw him, he was wearing, like, whatever, his just pregame clothes. But when he's in, like, the jersey, like, the tight-fitting jersey, like, it definitely looks – he looks a lot more full in yeah. that outfit than like his other ones. Yeah, I will but. say Zion scored like 34 points last night and went off. So clearly man's like in yeah. good enough shape sure. to play well. But yeah, how <laughs> did the Pelicans even like I was so disappointed watching that game, bro. Like, how are you the top four team in the league for the in-season tournament? And then lose by 30 or 40. It was just embarrassing to watch. Like the game was like, bro. Like, cause especially the Pacers game right before was so good. Like it was so fun to watch. And then the Lakers-Pelicans game was just so bad. I felt like in that second quarter when LeBron hit, like, the three threes in a row, like, was the arena just going crazy? Oh, yeah. Like, I felt like the game kind of just slipped away when I that honestly happened. wasn't paying attention, but the crowd just started screaming. Because <laughs> I was in the suite, and I hadn't eaten all day, and it was, like, 6 o'clock. So, like, I was literally the entire Laker game. Trying to fill one. up like Zion. <laughs> <Just> literally <laughs> just trying to get food. <laughs> so that's all I was doing that game of um, getting food so um you talked about seeing that crazy celtics pacers game um right before that new orleans lakers game no not or, celtics or box 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 you're right you're right you're right um had, what did you think of the pacers had you watched the pacers at all in the season before then yeah so i'm gonna be honest i was a super pacers casual i've actually never watched a Pacers game before since like Paul George and LeBron were going at it. Uh, so I never actually seen Halliburton play. I never seen their team play, but watching them, bro, I was so impressed. I've never seen anyone pass the ball like Halliburton. Like he's doing like under the legs passes, scoop passes. Like I absolutely loved his game and the whole Pacers team. Like it was crazy. I feel like they don't even play Halliburton enough. Like I swear they, they be having him on the bench. Like he was pissing me off. But he was so excited. I, I do like their team a lot. And, like, the fact that they beat the Celtics, like, they beat the Bucks. Yeah. It was they, honestly incredible. Like, they beat so I'm many great teams. Of their team. Yeah, like, did you feel this way in the arena? Because this is how it felt on TV. Patrick and I were texting about it, like, against the Lakers. It felt like the Lakers were, like, blowing them out the entire game. But they were always within, like, six, eight points mm -hmm. the whole time. Yeah, it definitely felt like that until, like, the fourth quarter. I feel like they, they started going up mm -hmm. big. But it didn't I, – I hate – games like that where they just held their lead like the, the entire, entire time. time like it yeah. didn't feel like they ever had a chance even though it was kind of like a 10 point lead is like nothing in the nba but it never felt like they had like a real chance but dude i'm i'm just a huge Halliburton fan now yeah and he's Robert, the man so like i'm doing my exclusive access vlog um 
And like I'm on my phone at the edge of the court, like not paying attention. And all of a sudden, like someone whacks me in the arm. And I look up and it's Halbert. And he's like, What's good, bro? He dasks me up and then like goes to the locker or whatever. And I wasn't vlogging. I didn't oh. get it. Oh, like, bro. I was like, no. But it was cool at the same time. Cause I, I met him in summer league. Like I was in the same elevator as him. And I was like, oh, what up, Halbert? And like, at least I have my basketball. Because <laughs> I'm doing a video where I get. 100 NBA players to sign my ball, and he's like, oh, yeah, I got you. Like, I've seen the videos, so he's he saw the videos, so shout out to Halliburton. And I found out he's only 23, bro, so young. Yeah, he's going to be Crazy. so, like, he's not even, he's like five, six years away from his apex. That's insane. Yeah, it's yeah. scary. NBA's in good hands, honestly. What did you think of Halliburton's jump shot if you've never, if you had never seen it before? Yeah, it, it's definitely, like... Not normal. It's <laughs> like, like I think what's weird about it because like I was trying to like really examine like what's weird about it. And I, I the thing I noticed that he does is like and I is like when most people when they shoot the basketball like they'll catch it at their chest, bring it down a little bit, then bring it up. But he catches it and just holds it like above his chest the whole time. It never goes down. He just like instantly shoots it. But it's also like it's not like a super fast jump shot at the same time, which is weird because he doesn't go down. But I don't know, that's one thing I noticed by his jump shot that I think makes it look weird. Yeah, I, I mean, that's what Clay and Curry do, too. I think that's, like, the hallmark of a really good shooter is, like, stabilizing your core, like, not having to go down first and then just going straight up with it. Yeah, just being able to, like, hold it, like, at, just at the top and just shoot it instantly. But, I mean, his jumper is wet, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that thing go. When so he misses, good. I'm, like, shocked. Yeah. And then, like, at the end of that uh, Bucks game, like, you could tell he wanted a three-pointer so bad. Like, and then he got it, too. Yeah. So, I guess, like, with your vlog and everything, because, like, you've done so much NBA content. Like, you've done, like, living with an NBA All-Star, <laughs> like, living with Jared, like, taking 100 shots versus the Defensive Player of the Year. Like, all-access vlog at All-Star, all-access vlog at the, you know, in-season tournament. Like, we did the, the Giannis video where Giannis was trying to guess who was an NBA player. Like, you've kind of pushed, like, NBA content on YouTube to, like, like new and new heights every year, but like how much further, like what's like some crazy video that you think like maybe, maybe not now, but like a year or two from now is going to be like the one that I'm like, wow, I didn't know he could take it this far. So yeah, it's definitely in terms of ideating. I think like the thing is like what makes these videos so great. is just the access to the players I get. And that's like, for example, like I've been wanting to do a video with Curry. So it's like, I've been in contact with their team. They're like, okay, Curry's booked out till early 2026. <laughs> so what? Like, it's not exactly anything new, but it's like, I'm constantly putting in, like I'm constantly talking to all these players, like managers, I'm DMing them all on Instagram. I'm like, if I ever see them in person, I'm just like trying to build the relationship. Even the video with Giannis, like that video, I first met him in 2017, all the way then at All-Star, he was my coach in the celebrity game. And so it's just, I'm always just trying to like build like relationships. Like there's so many players I've been messaging. Like I swear, D-Wade, I've been trying to do a video with this man <laughs> for like two years and he's, it's so hard to catch him. But um, I think number one on your question is like, it's the access that makes it so great. Cause like honestly, any video with like Giannis would bang. But mm -hmm. in terms of like the video ideas, yeah, it's just like, I had my game series, but we started three games, 24 hours. Then we did eventually 10 games in 50 hours or like a whole unit. So I think that series I need to put to rest because it's just so exhausting. <laughs> um, that's like I we were going to do one of those videos. Um, and then I literally last second was like, I can't do this. I'm burnt out. <laughs> and I canceled the whole trip. But yeah, in terms of taking the content to the next level, I think in terms of ideas, like 
trying to think of something super crazy. We're definitely like one thing I struggled with this year was ideation. Like I really didn't ideate like at all this year. We just kind of filmed the whole year on things. So that's one thing I need to get back to is like ideating the next like huge idea. But for example, like all star last year, I did like surprising LeBron with new shoes and I got 10 all stars new shoes like this year. I'm like, I want to level it up. I want to get shoes for every all star. So I want to try to surprise like 20 people with shoes. So I think just like the video ideas, like if I have a successful one, like how do I do it again, but even better. So that's kind of the move. But in terms of like, I definitely know on my end that I need to think of better ideas. And then once I get access to the players that I can do something even crazier. But I think it really is the access. Yeah, I think the big thing with like a lot of the videos you've done with these guys, it's really cool is you're putting them in positions they're not normally in. Like obviously like the Grizzlies might do like a, a day with Jaron Jackson, but that they're like five minute, like, you know, mm-hmm. PR fluffed video is so much not as fun to watch as like you spending 50 hours with him or like, doing the Giannis video where Giannis is guessing the NBA players because I feel like like you just don't see these guys doing content like that and it's so much more fun to see them in like environments they're just not used to because they do all this PR training and stuff exactly and I think they enjoy like being in the video like it's it's like I'm media but I'm like not like I'm it's like a different feel a different vibe because I know most of the guys like don't like doing interviews they don't like they're tired of all of that so it's just like trying to do it in like a different light and what makes it so clutch is like pretty much like all these people I do videos with, except there's been certain times where it's like, oh, a brand has let me do a video. Like when I 1v1 James Harden, you know that I was. He didn't know anything about me, but it was just like a brand thing. And that was like super quick. But now at this point, since I've been doing it so long that like a lot of the players know me or their kids know me or something. So it's like they already have like a relationship with me. So that's what like I feel like can make them like open up and be cool in the videos. Yeah. So you, you've you been doing like NBA YouTube for so long and just sports YouTube in general. Is it weird nowadays that like obviously athletes are coming into like professional sports younger and younger that like these guys, have you found that these guys like know you now? Like they grew up watching your videos as well. And how does that change the dynamic of, of working with a personality? Yeah, that definitely helps. Like that's how I get most of the relationships is like they've seen the videos, especially the younger guys. Like um, there's this guy on the Grizzlies, Gigi, who was like the youngest player yeah, in the Gigi draft. Gigi Jackson. Gigi Jackson, bro. He, I was in the elevator or waiting for the elevator to come down. Like he came down with the Grizzlies like team, like Dylan Brooks, all these other guys. And he was like, oh my God, it's Jesser. Why is nobody freaking out? <laughs> Everyone else was like silent. And then he like, was like, I've been watching you forever. Like listen off the videos and like, like the fact that is so cool. And then like I got his number, like texted back and forth. So like it definitely is, if we're making content and like getting them in the vlog, it is the most helpful thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, totally. it's, it helps so much with that. And so with that, like I, I would imagine nowadays, like especially in America, you are like a lot of kids like first exposure to like the NBA and like because I would imagine like we've talked a lot about on this podcast it's not always easy to watch your local team's games or just watch games at all what responsibility like comes with like being that like introduction into the world of the NBA what do you want to like do with that what how do you want to like present the nba and and sports to kids whoa that's a, that's a good question <laughs> i think that was the, a huge question the main thing that i focus on is like with the jester i guess the jester brand you could call it is like i always want i feel like it's almost like bringing joy to the world through sports is kind of like how i feel like my content is because it's always very like 
lighthearted and I try to make sports in like a fun, like cool way. Cause I feel like my vlogs are like relatable. Cause like when I'm getting the crazy access, it's like if I dap up curry, I'm like, oh my God, I just dapped up curry. Like I, it's very like fun. And like, like how like people would react if they were in my position. Like it's like so cool. And like, I never take it for granted the places I go, but I feel like I really just try to just put sports in like the most fun way possible because especially the thing I hate about youth sports and like kids in sports is like, I hate when like coaches are super hard. And like, I know so many people who stopped playing <laughs> sports because their coaches just took it way too serious and made it not fun. So I always try to make everything I do like fun, lighthearted, and it's just really about like having a good time, enjoying it. So that's what I try to put through in my content. And I feel like the responsibility is like, that's the message I want to get across in my content. And like, I guess people's introduction to the NBA is just put it in like a fun way. It's kind of, yeah, I think that comes through a lot in your content. I will mm -hmm. say. Yeah, for sure. What about you, James? You're in the same boat. You think about that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think over time it definitely like has changed like a little bit in terms of like, I feel like when me and you first started and we were doing like NBA 2K videos, we're kind of just like saying like whatever we want all the time, <laughs> just trying to be as funny as possible. And I think like part of it too, to like your point, you're meeting so many people is like, you start to meet a lot of these guys. You're like, ah, oh, damn, I don't really want to say like something too mean or anything like that about any of these guys because I might work with them and stuff. But like, but also like you get older, you don't really think like that anymore too. But I don't really, I guess I never really thought about how I represent the NBA brand as a whole. I think the one thing like Patrick and I really try to do with this podcast is not like sensationalize things, not have like crazy hard takes like Anthony Davis sucks. Like we, yeah. we really try not to like rag on anyone like that because I just don't think like, I feel like we all grew up in this like sports culture of like Skip Bayless and Stephen A screaming at each other. And I feel like like now we're in this media landscape where it's like JJ Reddix and people who are more level headed and more like cool headed about it. And I think like if anything, that's kind of like where I want to take like my audience's thinking is more toward like actually like analyzing things and not just being like really sensationalized or biased or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I like that. Hell yeah. So you got you just touched on like where you guys began in like this whole content creation journey of like starting with 2K videos and stuff. Going back a little bit further, like what, what brought you guys to like love the NBA? Is there like certain players? I know James, you've talked about LeBron a little bit, certain teams that like you remember as like kids really connecting with um yeah i'll just put that out there let me go or you want to go i'll go for i don't I, so it's kind of funny so when i grew up like jesse and i didn't play sports till we were a little bit older obviously jesse's younger than me so we started playing sports at the same time so i was a bit older but we played soccer and then we both got pretty good at soccer and then weirdly enough you're gonna laugh like growing up like i was obsessed with will ferrell like obsessed with Will Ferrell. So when they made semi-pro, I literally remember I went to my dad. It was like my, it was like, I think my second year of soccer. And I was like, I want to play basketball. <laughs> that is awesome. I love that yeah, because so it's semi-pro. And then I couldn't make it to basketball that year. So I didn't get to play rec till the following year. And then I remember my mom got me like a LeBron James handball. And I was like, I'm going to play basketball next year. Like I should start like watching NBA. And I've heard of this LeBron James guy. And I like watched like one Cavaliers game. I think it was like, their first playoff game that year is like Cavs Bulls round one. And I was like, oh my God, this guy's fucking awesome. <laughs> like, he's dunking on people. He's like passing. And then like, I wasn't like the kind of person I am now, but I was like, I'm just like, they're showing his stats. Like he had a triple double. No one's done this. I'm like, 
what? And I, like, I got really into the whole like, oh, wow, this guy's averaging like this. And mm-hmm. Kobe, who I hear about all the time living in L.A., does this. And I'm like, this guy is like crazy, this LeBron guy. So that's like I feel like what really got me into basketball. And then for Jesse and I, it's really funny that both of us like love the Lakers now because growing up, we went to like only Clipper games. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, bro. That's like Lob City era, Chris yeah, Ball, City. Blake Griffin. I, yeah, I'm definitely a bandwagon. Like when it comes to NBA, <laughs> like I'm player driven, and like people be hating on me for it, but I don't care. Like I say, I rep LA now, but I really rep LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. <laughs> but to go back to Patrick's answer, like how I got into the NBA, I think it's interesting for me because it's like I fell in love with basketball before I fell in love with the NBA. And, like, I just loved playing basketball. Like, it was my after playing soccer, like James said. Like, basketball is just so much more fun to me because you can score, like, 20 points in a game instead of one goal every other game, which was, like, the big thing. But for me, like, I was doing videos. Like, I was doing Minecraft videos. And then I only did a 2K video because, like, my friend was like, oh, you should enter this contest. They're trying to see who's going to be the next, like, big 2K YouTuber, NBA 2K. So I just did a 2K video and it was like kind of fun. And then another 2K video popped off. And then I was like, oh, these 2K videos do well. I guess I'm a 2K creator. I didn't watch NBA, but I started to play 2K and I just made a video on it. Because like I never even played 2K. I just made a video on it before I even like that was like one of my first times really playing it. Because me and James would play, but I would always lose. So I never I never liked it. Like we really didn't play that much. Not that much. Yeah. Like He was surprised when I started doing 2K videos. And then that's how I learned all the different players was through 2K. But, like, I still didn't – I really didn't start watching the NBA much at all, like, until, like, the last three, four years. Like, I would watch, like, finals and everything. But now I'm, like, watching regular season and everything. But it was really – I would just play 2K. That's how I knew everything. I didn't actually watch NBA. Like, I – barely watched yeah so <laughs> it kind of chose you over like you choosing <laughs> yeah. it the nba consumed you <laughs> but i feel like for people of our age that's super common like the way honestly my like journey of like falling in love with the nba is kind of similar like i like had seen all this stuff about lebron james thought that was so interesting i was like growing up in the seven seconds or less son steve nash era so it was like always kind of there but like when you're a kid you're not like grinding film of course (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then my parents got me nba live 2008 and i just like just started grinding that game on my pc bro nba live gilbert arenas on the cover for me it was nba 2k 11 bro i think i played like 200 games with my my player (laughs) (laughs) that's disgusting (laughs) yeah i was 2k 14 there we go yeah no to go back to like the start of your youtube journey because like i was in college when you started kind of uploading youtube videos on your own because jesse and i would make a lot of videos for fun together like skit videos and stuff like that when we were kids but like he was uploading his minecraft videos and then all of a sudden there was a 2k video and i was like whoa (laughs) this came out of nowhere (laughs) it's the worst video ever bro it's just me screaming about my my player. <laughs> Yo, but it sent you down the road to where you are today. I think it's so interesting too, because like if my Minecraft videos popped off, because like my number one thing is like I wanted to be a YouTuber. It wasn't like I want to be a basketball YouTuber. I just wanted to be a YouTuber. Like I didn't care how or what genre, as long as I was having fun. So like, if I if my Minecraft videos popped off, I would have been a Minecraft YouTuber, like a thousand percent. I would never have been the NBA guy, like the basketball guy, but. 
basketball pops off, Minecraft didn't. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. so I could have easily just been a gaming YouTuber Yeah, you could have just been mining yeah. for, uh, for years. Bro, the Jester Craft server would have gone crazy. I know. I, I, I think I could have popped off. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Minecraft. You yeah. could have had him. Could have been. Um, all right. You guys, you guys want to play a game? Yes. Let's do it. Okay. So I like to call this game, How Well Do I Know My Bro? I asked both of you guys four questions, different questions for each of you guys. And I'm gonna see who knows knows the other one better. I'm gonna have you guys guess what the other one answered. Um, Jesse, I'm gonna have you go first as okay. you are our guest. The first question that I asked James was, if you could only, if James could only wear one basketball shoe for the rest of his life, what would that basketball shoe be? I don't think you're gonna get this one just because this answer changes so much. LeBron nines. Ooh, it was a LeBron, but I it was didn't the, get the Le number. It was the LeBron twenties. <laughs> oh come on. The bro. new ones. Just the new ones are always so much more comfier than the old ones. You know. That is true. All right, for you, I'm gonna say Curry seven. I this isn't one of the questions that I asked Jesse, but oh, I, it, I, is, it, I, is, it is it is the Curry is. seven. Okay, okay. okay, so that's that would have been my second choice though, because that came out when when we were like like when we lived in the first two life house. Yeah, those came out I think like four years ago. Yeah, because everyone was ragging on the Curry's back then, and Jesse was like, "No, these shoes are hella comfortable. These shoes are amazing." Hey. I tried them, and I was like, "No, these are amazing." So I bought like three pairs of Curry Sevens. <laughs> I still have pairs on ice in case, like, because I don't know, like I didn't like the eight that much, but the Sevens are great, bro. That's what I wore in the Creator Cup, Curry Seven. Curry Seven, <laughs> dude. That's shout out, amazing Steph. Shoes. What are you shout doing, out Steph? Steph. Dude, clear, yeah. clear up your uh, schedule. They're literally like. The Curry Sevens and the Giannis shoe are the two only two of me shoes I wear right now. Other than the the Bucket Squad, they're not basketball shoes. Yeah. So I, don't wear them. I didn't know we had different questions. I got all excited. Um, <laughs> yeah, so no, that doesn't count. That doesn't it count. doesn't count. Oh, it's still zero to zero. I feel like I, LeBron, like you got to know the number. That's kind of crazy. Hey, I'm sorry. A shoe's a shoe. We we've really cutthroat rules here on Foul Trouble, James. Yeah. I asked Jesse. Would if he would rather have Victor Wembanyama or Luka Doncic on his favorite team for the next ten years? Oh, he gets an either or answer. That's you crazy. you've got some you got <laughs> some either ors. Would you rather have Victor or Luka? Damn, I feel like bro, you know how much I love them. I know that's the thing. I feel like I feel like you like really really like Victor. She's tough because Luka's like my favorite guy to watch right now. But I'm gonna say you would have picked Victor. That is incorrect. <sighs> Jesse went with out. Luca. I know no, you. I would. I would brain Luca. As much as I love Victor, the Spurs are like two and three. <laughs> like I love Victor, bro. I'm a huge fan. But like, and I watched like his first five games, and then I stopped watching. But I mean, it's Luca Doncic. Bro. Yeah, right? Luca's so the man, is, bro. I love Luca. He's so good. There's a there's a little bit of Luca in in both of your guys' games. That that step through in the Creator Cup, we all saw it okay. on, on the NBA's Instagram. I, so, I feel like Jesse and I have a lot of Luca in our game because like we used to play each other in the front yard every single day, and I feel like both the way Jesse and I like to play is like really physical. Like I feel like we're, we're power finesse players. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yes. I would explain it exactly the same. All right, Jesse. I asked James if he would rather see his favorite team win the Super Bowl 
or win the NBA Finals. It's got to be the Super Bowl, 100%. James is a diehard New York Giants <laughs> fan. That's all he cares about. That is one point to yeah. Jesse. You are correct. We're, so yeah. We got these, these uh, mu- it, multiple choice Giants are one game out of the wild card right now. After all this tanking. Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito. He's here. He's he's the next Tom, Tommy Brady. Um, okay. So 1-0. Jesse is in the lead. No, 2-0, right? No, just 1-0. Oh, yeah, yeah. Guys, okay. He, he did not get the number correctly. Okay, James. I asked Jesse, who is Jesse's goat? LeBron Who's- James. That is correct. Let's go. That is correct. We got a 1-1 one, one game. Yeah, I, I just be. needed um, to put it on the record for you. I know you've said it before, but LeBron James. The GOAT. Jesser's GOAT. Um, okay. This is a highly competitive game. We are 1-1. One, one. Jesse, I asked James if he thinks he would be a better NBA coach or NBA GM. What do you think? GM, for sure. Without a doubt. I mean, mm-hmm. he does rebuilds. <laughs> that is correct. I, James sweats rebuilds off camera all the time. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the big thing of being a coach versus GM is I feel like if I was a coach, I don't know if I have like the personality a lot of NBA players would love to be yelled at by. Mm-hmm. Just Coaches, straight up. Uh, that's a hard That's job. a tough one. That's a tough spot. You got to deal with a lot of egos, like let alone the X's and O's. A lot of males. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, James. I asked Jesse if he could have played at any college uh, playing basketball, if he could have played college basketball anywhere, where would he have chosen? UCLA. That is incorrect. What, what did you pick? I picked Duke. Uh, I, UCLA is my favorite college, but I feel like if I wasn't a player, like I feel like playing at Duke, it's like, it's Duke. Yeah. I will <laughs> yeah, say Jesse like, initially texted UCLA and then he said, wait, 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 Duke. Yeah. Bro, I have I have a gripe with Duke. And also shout out to Cooper Flag, bro. So I actually played before me at the uh, Creator Cup. What's game. the opposite of a shout out? Um, a call out? A diss? I'm going to call out Cooper Flag. Oh. You don't like Cooper Flag? But bro, listen, Rutgers, in, so Rutgers landed Dylan Harper who's number one in the class. They landed Arius Bailey, who's number two in the class. Cooper Flag reclassified, so he became number one. <laughs> what a beast. So, so now, instead of Rutgers landing one and two, we landed two and three. Like, he just took our moment away from us, bro. It's like, Rutgers never guys, has anything bro. nice, bro. It's the same guys. They, they're just going to have to play it out on the court. Bro, we never get anything nice. I mean, now we got those two guys, but, like, we never get anything nice for Rutgers sports. And Cooper Flag just took the... The, the wind out of our he, sails, He took bro. the headline, but you still got the guys. Just That's like true. <laughs> yeah, you got the, they're, not, they're not changing. Um, all right. So it is um, two to one. Jesse's in the lead right now. Um, and now James. Oh, wait, no. It's your turn, Jesse. You've. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So this is the right. last one. So I asked James if he would rather have Curry's shooting and cardio or Shaq's power and size. What do you think he said? Definitely Curry's shooting cardio. I don't know if anyone wants to be as big as Shaq. Like, that's a lot to deal with. Well, unfortunately, that is incorrect. You want to be seven feet and massive so right now? So, initially, <laughs> nah, initially, I thought about it. I was like, I'd rather have Curry's shooting and cardio. But I was like, but if I have Curry shooting and cardio, I'm still 5'11 James. What? Oh, you want to play in the league? 
Well, if I'm Shaq's <laughs> power and size, then yeah, not only am I going to be in the league, I'm probably going to be a all-star level player. <laughs> it's a like, pretty it's, good paycheck. Yeah, I will say. Yeah. Like, if you told me I'm also 6'3", then yeah, I'll be Curry's. Well, I mean, if you're the best basketball... <laughs> if I was your height, I would take the Curry, but you're, you're the, taller than me. Even if you are 5'11", you're the best shooter of all time, and you have cardio. Like, I'm sure you could manage to get to the league after, like couple of years of i don't know man training I, everything else that's that's true i just you're feel like the best shooter of in the entire that's true sport like if i'm second to steph yeah you're i don't know man. <laughs> i don't know it's tough though because like caitlin clark she's like an insane shooter she's never making the league because she is a, a too woman. small yeah and, well i just feel like people like if i'm on an nba corpro bro like i know league. but it's small <laughs> if, if i'm playing the lakers and I'm, I'm like i mean lebron is gonna be like all right who's guarding james all right you're gonna set me a screen i'm gonna switch it now james guarding me and i'm like i don't know man i'm, I'm gonna be like chet if, if i guard a lebron drive i might get injured I mean, <laughs> like, like, bro, like you're the same size as TJ McConnell. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I, maybe I didn't think could, it through. I mean, you wouldn't be an all. You definitely have more potential if you were Shaq. I feel yeah. like because obviously, like, there's so much more to basketball than shooting threes. But I just think if you had the shooting ability of Curry, that you could make a bench at least. Yeah, but I or I could make the star. greatest content on YouTube. Or yeah, but I, I just, I feel like I would hate to be that big. I don't want to be a seven. Like I, it, it would massive. definitely be a huge change in <laughs> how you live your life. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right, James. If you can get this answer correct, you can tie it all up. Um. Or is it tied up? All? No. Yeah. Yeah. You I would need this to tie it all up. Okay. I asked Jesse what his favorite LeBron era was. Cavs part one, Heat. Cavs part two, or Lakers. LeBron. What? Did Jesse say? I think Lakers LeBron. That is incorrect. Was it Cavs too? It was Cavs too. That's it my was favorite. Cavs yeah. too. Even yeah. as a Heat fan, I think Cavs too is untouchable. That, just the battles between the Warriors are unbeaten. So epic. The the I mean, 2016 is just like the best sports story ever. <laughs> like this guy leaves his hometown, comes back, prodigal son, and then beats the best team of all yeah. time. Like. Actually, the funniest was Jesse and I watched game one of the 2018 finals together where LeBron scored like 51 and J.R. Smith messed up the shot clock. And I remember me and you were so angry. Jesse and I were just like parading around the house, just like punching shit. We were just <laughs> so fucking mad. So did LeBron, didn't he break Yeah, he broke his hand. Like, but we were so mad that J.R. Smith like screwed up the game one because it honestly felt like if Cleveland won that game, like they might pull off like the craziest upset ever yeah i was watching that i was in college when that game was happening and my roommate at the time was the biggest lebron hater and this was when the suns were super bad so like every postseason i was just an all-in lebron fan and yeah it was a it was a tough look but jesse congratulations you won how well do i know my bro (laughs) good game game. all right should we get to best take worst take yes so um jesse me and James both brought a best take and a worst take of the week, and okay. we are going to have you choose which worst take is the worst take I of like the week. I like this segment on Foul Trouble. And the best take. favorite segments. We don't ever crown a best take winner, but we'll have you crown the best take winner today, okay. too. Let me hear it. Um, you- I'll go first. I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with this one. So I, I wonder if you heard this one, because people said you could hear what was happening on the court uh, at the in-season tournament. My best take of the week is going to go to D'Angelo Russell. Um, shout out producer Max, Timberwolves fan. This is a Timberwolves legend we're talking about. 
<laughs> um, so D'Angelo Russell got two quick fouls on Bruce Brown. They were going having a back and forth. And Bruce Brown said, just wait till I check back into the game. D'Angelo Russell said, quote, you're going to shoot them out of the game when you come back. Uh, Bruce Brown proceeded to shoot two of nine. Damn, so, he was in his head. Dude, D'Lo, best take. Yeah, well, and they were going at it in the Western Conference Finals yeah. last year. Yeah, also, D'Lo crazy. said you don't have Jokic to protect you this year, which another great quote. That is. <laughs> I have Bruce Brown on my fantasy team. Watch him out. <laughs> <laughs> he's at the end of my bench, though. Like, Bruce, Brown, Bruce Brown's nice. He, he's probably more of like a real-life player than a fantasy player, <laughs> I would assume. But, um, okay, my best take... Also goes to a Wolves legend, Jeff Teague. Um, <laughs> Hell and yeah. Jeff Teague has a new podcast, super funny. And on it, he was talking about the in-season tournament. And he was talking about what it would have been like if Michael Jordan was playing in the in-season tournament in Las Vegas. And he said, Michael Jordan in Vegas? His eyes would have been bloodshot and he still would have got 58. Mike would have been gambling and drinking all night, which just... As a lover of NBA history, I just thought it was hilarious because he's right. Mike would have been going so hard. Like <laughs> casinos. He, he would have just like walked out of the casino right onto the floor and dropped the 58. Probably. Yeah, that's a good day. <laughs> he would have been so much fun to watch in that environment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially like, I mean, you fantasize about Michael Jordan in today's NBA with like the spacing. Um, it would have been like Kobe mixed with. Jaw, I don't even know. So I got to pick the best take out of those two? Yes. I feel like I got to go with the D'Angelo Russell one just because I love a bit of trash talk. I love that he manifested him shooting out of the game (laughs) that he got in his head. So I'm going to go with that one. They're both great, but uh, there's always Jordan takes of always going to do great. Yeah, no respect. But I'm going, I like that. I like D'Angelo Russell. All right. Are you ready for my worst take? Yes. Yes. Okay. Another NBA player who just started a podcast, Carmelo Anthony, said, quote, nobody in my two decades playing can say I busted Melo's ass. Um, So I had to verify this. So the first thing I looked (laughs) up is when he played LeBron in the playoffs. Uh, Game one of the Eastern Conference first round, the Heat beat the Knicks 100 to 67. Oh, 67 in a playoff game. LeBron James scored 32 points on only 14 shots. How? By making literally all 14 of them. I watched the game back, just the LeBron. <laughs> yeah. He scored almost half of those straight on Melo. Blew You're by on his him. head, bro. You're on Melo's head. Oh, bro. So I, no one busted your ass. So I said, that can't that can't be the worst. 32. Uh, another guy Melo famously played, Kobe Bryant, who swept Carmelo Anthony in the Western Conference Finals one year. Uh, Kobe had a 42-point game on Melo. Uh, he averaged 33 and a half points per game in a very non-competitive series. Watch the footage back. Most of those points were also on a uh, Carmelo Anthony. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Damn. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know how to take him so literal, bro. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Carmelo, well, but no I, one busted your... Everyone in the NBA has had their ass busted a couple times. True, true, true. Yeah. Okay, well... I'll, Step over Carmelo's dead body <laughs> to uh, give my worst take. My worst take of the week goes to Gilbert Arenas, who, when talking about Desmond Bain of the Grizzlies and his progression from like role player to pretty much star player for the Grizzlies, Gilbert Arenas decided to compare him to Clay Thompson and said, Someone like Clay Thompson, he never improved to me. You came in as a spot up shooter. 
And even though you have four rings, you still a spot shooter, which I just think is like, so like we've given Clay a lot of flack on this podcast, but to say that he never progressed, like he was one of the best defenders in the league. And you know what? When you're one of the best shooters of all time, you don't need to get that much better. You just do your thing. Like I just, I hated the disrespect. Hey, well, I, I feel like you almost look at it this way. It's like, it, you look at career, uh, if you look at Clay's, let's just say his 2K overalls. He was probably, you know, started off as a spot-up shooter, not a high overall. Halfway through his career was probably a 90. Now he's probably like a lower rating again. So to be fair, he wasn't wrong because at the beginning he was a spot-up shooter. He was great, but now he's just a spot-up shooter again. <laughs> <laughs> so but to, is that to, to the say, beginning to the end, I feel like he, he wasn't talking about the middle. Yeah, I feel like to <laughs> your point, he did improve. Like he just became like increasingly better at the things he got he was good at. And also he became a really, really good defender. But he never really did add like a dribble game. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I, I mean, I have it more as a worse take of like, dude, like. This guy won four rings. He's like an NBA 75 level talent. 75 overall these days, though. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like his apex, he was probably like the second best two guard behind James Harden at his like absolute apex. Um, So he he definitely improved. We'll we'll leave it at the feet of you, Jesse. (laughs) Who's got the worst take? I must say, well, who who said your take? Carmelo. Oh, Carmelo. I mean, I, gonna, <laughs> I don't even think either of these are the worst takes. Like, like some people have gotten like seventy dropped on them and stuff. Like, well, so I want to add more context. Him and his co-host were having a discussion about how he was an underrated and really good defender. Which, like, I don't uh, know, uh, Carmelo. I, yeah, Carmelo I mean, I'm not, Anthony. I'm not knowledge enough to know to say how good of a defender Carmelo was, but I'm gonna say I like. I think James the Carmelo one was worse, just because I feel like. That one was low-key accurate. (laughs) This is all subjective. And I also got to give some shine to James. That research, like, (laughs) I got to give you a hand. Dude, because I was like, I swear I remember LeBron busting your ass a lot back in Miami. (laughs) Like, I know I've seen it. Yeah, I mean, well, that happens when you don't make it out of the first round for like a decade. Y'all want to know something I'm excited about? Yeah. related. Absolutely. All right. So I just did this video. Opening a $100,000 mystery box, NBA mystery box. The final prize was a signed LeBron, Jordan, Kobe, triple frame. And I'm getting a super frame made that's going to have two P- two PSA cards. So I'm going to get a relic card of each of them. And I'm going to get an auto card of each of them. Ooh. And it's going to be on the sides of them, triple frame, back LED lighting. And then in between them is going to have all their championship ring, like replicas. And it's going to be the greatest piece of NBA memorabilia of all time. And if any billionaires want to buy it from me, I will sell it to you. For a million dollars. But that is on the way. It's going to be the greatest thing of all time. I am so I excited to, to tell see that. I, I don't think it gets better. Than, no, it than doesn't that. get better Those than three that. jerseys especially. <laughs> yeah, and for the, those that haven't seen that video, go watch that video right now. But it's like, it's not just any LeBron jersey. It's the white hot jersey, which yes. is just like, Oh, yeah, like iconic. Um, but yeah, how much do you guys think it costs to get like a signed LeBron jersey, dude? At least like 10, 11k. I think I got it for 6,500. Wow, there we go, (laughs) making deals, Jesser. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. 
All right. I mean, I think that's all we got today. Thank you so much, Jesse, for coming on the pod. Um, real quick, plug what whatever you got. I, oh, I can man. make the plug for Bucket Squad for you. Yeah, if yeah. you're looking for any dope if you apparel. Want some of the best basketball gear in the entire world, the nicest shorts in the game, BucketSquad.com. We got you covered. Oh, Patrick's wearing the sweatpants. Got the Bucket Squad sweatpants. Yes. New sweatpants are coming, new and improved next year. But yes, otherwise, thank you for having me. I, I'm down to be on whatever. Y'all want me once a month. I'm here. We'll have to <laughs> we'll have to bring you on for the all-star behind the scenes. Yeah, I feel like there's so much. I have so much more I could talk about, like you know. So we could bring it back. Like I tried out for a G League team for a week, you know. Ooh, yeah, well, see, I didn't. I, I was gonna ask you about it. So Jesse, you did that with the Ignite. <laughs> Jesse signed like a contract with the Ignite to try out for them for like you know be a, on a ten day sneak. But I didn't. Me. I didn't know if we, we were cool to oh. spoilers or not. We'll talk about it next time. Then. All right, next time. Next time. <laughs> we'll tease the audience. <laughs> there we'll tease we go. Them. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Of course, it's a lot of fun. I'm a fan. All right. Well, I guess that's today's episode. Thank you guys for watching. We'll see you on the next one. Peace. Peace.